Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Hey, thanks for listening to the fifth episode of the 1138 podcast. My name is Rudy, and this podcast is an interview with my good friend Katie Robinson from Austin, Texas. She and her husband Nate and their kids live down in Cedar Park, which is just north of Austin. Um, and this interview touches on lots of little steps that Katie's taken over the years as in her spiritual journey. She gives us some great resources and books that she's an avid reader and a deep thinker. And, um, you know, I think uh, you'll find that the interview is really candid. She will give you honest thoughts and her real heart. Um, and just like all of us, she uh, struggles with identity and, um, you know, feelings of um, inadequacy at times. And I just think those are, when, when I know Katie, the way I know Katie, I just think, gosh, I mean, how would, how would somebody like Katie struggle with these things? But the reality is, gosh, some of these struggles are just human struggles. And so I hope that this interview will bless you just like it did me. Thanks for tuning in and have a listen. Well, hey, Katie, good to see you. I know we've been chatting a bit here, but it's good to have you on this podcast. Thank you. Yes, it's so fun to be here. Yeah, I when I saw your Facebook post the other day, uh, you were already on my short list of people that I, I want to get on this thing. But when I saw uh, your Facebook post about your dad and, you know, you've been talking a lot about him, I, I, I just I was like, OK, we got to ramp this up and see if you'll jump on. And so I've really appreciated the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I want to tell you, um, I you know this already, but I started the podcast with intention of, of trying to encourage believers to go forward in the name of Jesus, to be encouraged on their daily walk with God. And the title of the podcast is the 1138 because of Hebrews 1138, which says the world was not worthy of them. And I, when I think of you and Nate and your family, and and I think of y'all often, um, I, I've just always been struck. And I, and I think back to when we first met and everything, and I, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with pride, uh, just deep affection. I've always loved our conversations. I know you've been on a road searching truth for yeah. years. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of life has been lived. A lot of changes have happened. But what stayed true for my heart, for y'all, and I include Nate in this and your kids, is is just that deep affection and love and appreciation for y'all. And I do think the world's not worthy of you. What do you think about those words? <laughs> well, first of all, I would say that I think Nathan would agree with me. I think we would say that about you and Brooke and your family, for sure. Um, I think that those feel like big words. And if it is true at all, it has nothing to do with the kind of flimsy outward identity that I'm trying to portray to the world. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with, um, you know, if, if that's true at all, it, it's by God's grace, right? Glory mm. to God. I guess that's what I have to say. Glory to God. If that's, <laughs> if that's the encouragement that you get from me, I know that it's not in my own mind. Hey, I love that. That's great. <laughs> and, you know, more, put tag that on to the affection side that, because you do bring truth. So, um, 
Tell, tell us about yourself. I, I know you. I've known you for a while. I, I was thinking back to where we met. I'm pretty confident it was LT leadership training in 2002. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. And I have you to blame for living in Texas, even though you decided to bail and move on us to Illinois, Colorado. Yeah. So, uh, so um, we met when Nathan and I, my, my now husband of 14 years, um, we were just dating and uh, we met at a college leadership training thing in Florida. And it was because of the fabulous Rudy Rivera and the other squad of UT people there that Nathan said, hey, you know, when we, I think we, we got engaged shortly thereafter, and he said, hey, what would you think about moving to Austin? And mm-hmm. so um, we, he had never even been to Austin, but, uh, you know, when you meet really awesome, edifying people that speak uh, highly of a place, you want to go there. So so <laughs> we did, and uh, the rest is history. And now we have five kids. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I used to teach. I uh, did English education as my major at Purdue University. Mm-hmm. Um, and I taught for a couple of years, but I wanted to, I always wanted to stay home with my kids. Um, but I also, <laughs> I get a little stir crazy. I get a little, um, bored. I always, I like, I like changing <laughs> like outside of myself. So, um, mm-hmm. so during that time, my oldest is 11 and ever since she was born, I've been staying home, but I also always kind of have something else going on the side. Um, mm-hmm. so that's me. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know if it's amazing, but it is what it is. Well, yeah, um, I think if anyone that knows you knows you're quite amazing. So you, you mentioned your mom of five, yeah. your uh, wife to Nate. Uh, what are the roles do you feel like you're playing in life now or obviously certainly up until this point? Yeah, wow. Roles in life. I mean, that's a big question. Um, I love... So up until this point, I've had, I mentioned that I've had little, little things that I've done um, from home, you know, job type things. So in, in terms of the hats that we all wear, there's always some sort of a, a job hat, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so I've worked with exchange students. Um, I, uh, right now I have an online marketing business with a company called Plexus. Um, mm-hmm. That really scratches an itch for me because I love natural wellness mm-hmm. uh, and I love people. So all the things. I was trying to think, like, is there a common thread about me and kind of what I do with the hats that I wear? Um, and usually I'm drawn to the things that involve people, um, helping people, um, looking deeper at things. And you've mentioned that I've had a, a faith journey and looking for truth. And that can be a blessing. And that can that. Well, I think that's always a blessing. But sometimes yeah. I feel first too. Right? <laughs> um, so I, I feel like I'm always the kind of person who's looking um looking a little bit deeper at things and I, and I have to find some meaning in what I do beyond, beyond just kind of a surface level thing. So, um, so mm-hmm. the exchange gig was great for that because it was enriching some lives through, you know, foreign exchange and interaction mm-hmm. that way. Um, and then my current, my current gig with Plexus is, is really scratching that itch of, Hey, let's look a little bit deeper at what's going on with the body and with health and mm-hmm. let's use mm-hmm. some natural tools to help people. Um, so I've been doing that for about the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, do you, what? And I don't know if this is a, a fair question because um, you know it's hard to say sometimes these things. But maybe maybe you have an answer. So, what what's on the horizon? What what where are you headed to? Where are your goals? That is a really good question. Um, if God drops 
a note in your lap telling you the answer to that question. I want you to let me know. I've had lots of, I've had lots of ideas. Nathan and yeah. I joke. I um, I love keeping my options open. Um, to the I get really kind of sweaty palms whenever I get locked into one thing because I love to think about all the options that could be. Um, mm-hmm. By God's grace, that does not apply to my marriage or our family. I have no. <laughs> I have no desire to, to look elsewhere. I'm happily locked into those things. Um, good. But, uh, That's good to hear. Yeah, I know, right? We always, we always joke about that. We're like, glory to God on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, I, uh, I love, so I mentioned that I, I came from English education. I love mm-hmm. words. I love writing. Um, occasionally people will suggest, hey, why don't you write a blog? Um, I don't know that I'm ready to jump into that kind of a commitment. Um, I thought on a smaller scale, I would really enjoy um, just using Facebook or social media as as that kind of outlet for things that could encourage people um, and to see where that goes. Mm. Yeah, there's sort of writing um, that pops up in, in the future. But just to practice right now, um, which honestly is really hard for me, I love authenticity and vulnerability and being real, but I, I realized that really, really, really being honest with myself and with God and then finding a way to, to share that honesty with others in a way that's edifying to them, um, that is harder than I often thought that it was. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the place where I'm in, I'm in a new layer of self-discovery of saying, okay, we all talk about authenticity. A lot of people are talking about vulnerability. These are kind of buzzwords that are popping around. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but I, I heard actually in a training recently, somebody talking about um, like, like fake or almost um, culturally shiny authenticity, where that's what we're all talking about doing. So we want to actually put on this mask of authenticity, which is hilarious because mm-hmm. that's exactly the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so those are some things that I'm, I'm digging through and, and wondering if I could be a voice to, to share, I don't know. I don't know what, whatever, whatever God would have. Yeah. Um, I thought about going back to school and teaching the Bible of literature. Mm. Um, I love uh, Ray Vanderlyn. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with his Follow the Rabbi series. Mm-hmm. I know that I first discovered that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking more closely at um, history and the Bible and pulling those things together, I think is nothing but edifying um, for, mm-hmm. the, for the believer. Uh, and you know, you know this, Rudy, but um, I've I've also some of my family has uh, kind of really jumped into other branches of Christianity. So um, I've learned a lot about the the Catholic tradition, the Eastern Orthodox tradition, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of um, sometimes it's a struggle to get uncomfortable and look into those things, right? Um, but they kind of opened up an awareness for me that. Um, God is so big that we will mm. never dig deep enough that somehow our faith will be shattered because we mm. And I think mm. that was here for me at my point. Like, oh my gosh, this is rocking my my faith a little bit. Um, because, you know, for example, maybe maybe the Catholic teaching felt like it was jarring a little bit with what I um with what I had always heard, or the Orthodox teaching was a little bit funny to me. Um, and I don't want to get into theology and say, you know, what what's the difference and what do these things say? But um, mm-hmm. but even just the simple act of wanting to look into it felt scary because I didn't I didn't know if it would rock the boat. Um, mm-hmm. So um, so that's one thing that I've really learned is that if when you're in that place of feeling uncertain or having doubts or having new input 
that seems to fit with you and resonate with your soul, but it's not what you always heard or what you mm. were always taught. It's God is God is outside of all of those things. Mm. And so, um, so I, I would love, I don't know how it would fit into possibly teaching the Bible's literature, possibly writing, uh, but I would love to um, be a voice to encourage people because I think we are living in a time where there's a lot down happening in the church. Um, and there's a lot of doubt. And I don't think that that's even necessarily a bad thing. Um, but people need to know that that our God is so much bigger than any of our ideas about any of this stuff. Mm. <laughs> so just keep going, you know, mm-hmm. just keep going and keep looking. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Again, if, if God drops you a note that says, here's how Katie can help with this mission. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what's on my heart in a big way. Oh, that's that's amazing! I uh, gosh, you're touching us on on some really um, important themes for my life uh, since probably around the age of ten or eleven. Um, but a, a quick a quick thought for what it's worth: um, drinkofferings.com is my website, and and I have a blog on there. It's mostly the podcast, but um, I, I'm not a, really a writer. Um, and so I struggle to to put words on the paper unless it's like poetry and even that is amateur. But um, but, you know, I uh, as an idea, you would, there's no commitment level because, you know, for the low, low price of free, you could get in today <laughs> and write a blog post whenever you want. And I'll put it up on my on my uh, side if you're up for that. So that's a whole that's another idea. But um, but some of the themes there. That you're touching on gosh i am um, you know i when i was when we first uh, as a family my parents came to know the lord and then they uh started teaching us the bible and about jesus we wound up leaving the catholic church and, and landing eventually in a southern baptist church and and i remember in my first youth group in that basement uh telling my new friends quote unquote they became friends but at the time they were acquaintances I I remember telling them if I'm going to be religious I'll be I'll be Catholic because I know Catholicism and I didn't know this Baptist thing or whatever it is and uh, and I I've just been more and more convinced since on the age of ten so like thirty something years now that yeah God God won't share His glory with another He's not going to like you know all of a sudden give His glory fully over to some branch of His people it's like all of a sudden, you know, the Baptists own God or the Catholics own God or the Eastern Orthodox own God. Yeah. He's, he's not like that. He owns us. And so I I just love what you're exploring there and have explored for a long time. Um, but here's a question. Yeah. Because maybe similar to me at the age of 11 when, when I sat in that room and they these these new people looked at me and said, you know, what's the deal? You yeah. know, like as a kid, they were like, you need to choose and and you need to, and you're wrong, essentially. My question to you is, because you mentioned the exploration can feel like a curse sometimes, you know? Yeah. I'm t- well, I look at people who are so blissfully following their faith and I'm like, bless you. You, yeah. in the eyes of the Lord, you are walking the path. Like, yes. give me that bliss. <laughs> My question is, what what kind of, have you felt any, what's the feeling you've had from the church? And that's the big C church. And and more specifically, you don't need to name names, but like as you've explored and as you've gone from east to west and everywhere in between, are is there a sense where you go, gosh, the church has missed 
has misstepped here in your life or there are places where you've gone, gosh, it's helped here. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good big question. I don't know that I, hmm, where to, where, where to start maybe. (laughs) Um, One, I'll I'll mention one thing that has helped me um, because I think there are a lot of things I could say, but maybe this is a good foundational thing. Okay. So, um, so when you're, when you're digging deeper and you're looking at different, different theologies, different Bibles, even. Um, If you want to talk about basing your life on the word of scripture, if you go back far enough, pretty soon that even gets shaky because which one are we talking about? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so, you know, there's lots of, uh, lots of things that you could look at with this, but um, something that I've always felt and didn't know how to give words to, but it made me feel uneasy is that I was taught what was supposedly the right way both within the world, meaning Christianity, and then within Christianity, meaning these nuggets of of Christianity are correct and Bible-based, and then these other things, traditions or whatever, might Mm -hmm. not be correct or might not be Bible-based, right? Mm -hmm. But but then, um, but then you, you, because, because we don't live in a vacuum, the older you get, you bump into things that seem like they fit, they seem like truth, but, but they're not from that original climate of what you were taught right so Mm -hmm. um, a book that i really love is called orthodoxy and heterodoxy and i read this it is just as a if anyone is listening and they want to check it out it is written from the eastern orthodox perspective Mm -hmm. um and and orthodoxy meaning right teaching right so Mm -hmm. um but but that aside it does a really good job of kind of comparing and contrasting lots of different um within the christian church lots of different worldviews but one thing that i got from that book, which has been invaluable to me, is the idea that God as a loving creator created us in his image, all of us, all people everywhere. And as these little image bearers of God, these little Mm. pieces of refracted light that are his being, um, Mm. it's impossible for us to be 100% wrong all the time. And Mm -hmm. so there are going to be pockets of truth anywhere that human beings exist. And when we Mm. see the pockets of truth, we don't have to say, oh my gosh, this makes me feel uneasy because this Hindu saying seems like it feels true. And I know that Hinduism isn't true because I'm a Christian. So what that's gonna, is that supposed to rock my faith? Am I just supposed to ignore it? No, when we see those pockets of truth, we can say, ah, that's my God, that's my Mm. creator. And of course Mm. there's gonna be that pocket of truth because his created being, um, is is even accidentally, <laughs> you mm. know, how those created beings somehow even accidentally reflect back what's true about God. So mm. uh, that mm. might even bigger than the question that you were asking. No, it's good. Um, for me, I'm somebody that it was, I wanted to know what was right and true. So step one was to get over the fact that my opinion didn't matter at all. Mm. Um, if something was true, it was true, whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. That a huge a huge thing um but then i felt very bounced around between um what people said was true or wasn't true or whatever um and so this concept this broadening concept and i and i want to be very clear that i'm not saying that all religions are equal and they're all equal paths to god that's not what i'm saying at all but it but it helped me to get, get out of kind of my western um definition oriented faith and into like a larger picture of God being outside of anything that we can fathom, creating mm. these people who bumble around and bump into each other and get it wrong, 
but mm. often get it right, even sometimes mm. accidentally. And mm. what I know of God, what I know of God to be true, you know, his loving nature and the truth that he's revealed to us through his son, Jesus, and through the scriptures, if I see those similar themes somewhere else that's surprising me, instead mm -hmm. of being concerned, I can say, praise God that his gospel is, you know, flooding the earth, just like he said it would. Um, oh, that's, wow. been that's been a real encouragement to me. And it helps me instead of saying, where did the church get it wrong? Where did the church get it right? It's, it's, it's just a mindset switch to say, wow, where is there truth that I can celebrate? Truth about mm -hmm. God that mm -hmm. I can celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, and there might be larger nuggets of truth in one, in one place and smaller nuggets of truth in another place. But let's focus on that. And that's been an encouragement to me. That's amazing. I just got uh, goosebumps and like a chill went down my spine there. Um, I, I, um, so we named our church. We, we started a church a year ago and we named it Allium Church. Yeah. And, uh, and when you, when you do like, well, just at least Wikipedia on the Allium, uh, the, the genus Allium, which is onions and garlic. Um, one of the one of the characteristics of Allium is that it's native to every continent in the world, minus Antarctica. Native, it it can be found there in the wild, and um, and if you think of, we talked about it as a church name and going, if when you think about it from the seeds of the gospel, we oftentimes think we need to bring the gospel or take the gospel to the nations. And that is true as Jesus sent out his disciples, you know, and I know one of our, one of one of the reasons why we exist as a church is we say, bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. But in reality, the gospel seeds of the gospel are already there yeah. because, and, and I'm putting your, my thoughts here together. I haven't said this out yeah. loud really, but, but in your words, it's that refracted, it's that refracting piece, which is humanity yeah. And wherever humanity is, there is that sense of there, there, there's God's presence because they're image bearers. And, yeah. uh, and so that just kind of came to me that thinking like, we've already been thinking in one sense, we're, we're to go to the nations to cultivate what's already been put there into the human yeah. heart, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, you know, and yeah, that just came to me and I just, I had these chills when you were speaking about that. So awesome. yeah, thanks for that. That's really cool. I got a question, kind of, kind of attached. Or do you want to say something there? No, I'm just saying that 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 thought that thought helped me find peace, and it helped me get out of. I think it's a real trap. Um, so I I have two sides of the same coin on this thing. I think on on the one hand, it's a trap to say, well, lots of people disagree. Who knows what's true? It doesn't really matter, and stop thinking about it. My personal opinion is maybe that's not the healthiest approach for us to take. Um, but it's also a trap. And the reason that I think that's unhealthy is because, gosh, if we love Jesus, our Savior, and his church, then wouldn't it be one of the most important things on our heart and soul to, like, look into some of some of, some of of what he loved, right? Which mm -hmm. maybe is some of the history and, and those things. Um, but, but I think it, for me, it, it was also just as damaging to get caught in this trap of trying to find what's right, and you can't move forward until you've found what's right. Well, that's putting a lot of um, pressure on, on yeah. ourselves. Right. Um, and in actuality, while I think that it is important to care, right, I want to care. I don't want to be apathetic. Um, I think it's more important um, and, and more beneficial for my own soul uh, to be willing to lay all of that and the questions about that at God's feet and recognize that he is he's he's bigger. He's outside. Mm -hmm. and so, um, that's why it was kind of a turning point for me. 
to mm. recognize that. And I loved, you know, it, you asked who's, who's gotten it right, who's gotten it wrong. I don't know. People have gotten it right and wrong a lot, but I do, I do love <laughs> that this mention was in this Orthodox text. And I think it's because it's more of an Eastern worldview. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. As this large, big picture, big story, mm. um, not zeroing in on those um, kind of facts and definitions. And that's where, that's what's been a real blessing to me is in lots of ways, um, discovering the blessing of the Eastern worldview that a lot of things are a mystery, that, mm -hmm. that God is larger than we can imagine. And um, that knowing the right answer is very different from knowing God. Mm. Oh yeah, gosh. Okay, so I, <laughs> you got me thinking, and, and I know I know your story some, and at some, we're not gonna have enough time to explore this thought. <laughs> Uh, fully today. <laughs> I know both of us well enough. <laughs> um, but it makes me think of this idea. And and I'm curious, if you don't want to answer this, it's okay. <clears throat> um, no, I said I would answer all the questions. <laughs> well, fair. But, but it makes me think, okay, if, when you're looking back up the lineage to your parents or or your family, what the family of origin, what what they have given you, because part of your journey is coming off that pathway, and then you're walking wherever you're going to walk, whether it's in the yeah. same rut they walked or some new branch. And then you think about looking down the lineage to your kids, and as a mom, and what you're trying to impart to them. Can you can you grab hold of the past lineage and the future lineage and put it into your world and kind of go what if in your journey as you've been trying to follow Jesus where have you found that you continue to walk step in step with what's been handed to you and then where do you hope or maybe at this point in your in your mom in your parenting do you think okay that's where I'm handing down the line to my kids that's a good question that's a blog post right there. That'll be my first assignment. <laughs> there you go. That would be great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so what I was handed was, I think, the faith of my parents m a little bit more than one denomination because we changed denominations a couple times growing up. Um, and it, it probably is mostly covered by non-denominational um, and I think for for my parents, and I hope that I'm I'm gonna summarize this well, mom. If you're listening, I hope I'm getting this right. Yeah. They both had a little bit of a of a maybe a lot, maybe not even a little bit, but more of a solidifying or reawakening or discovering of a Christian faith when they were first married and early early parents. And so I think what I'm um, what I receive from them is the fervor to to care maybe that if wow. this is not like an apathetic thing that they they went to the same church that their parents did that theirs and theirs and there you know it's not um and so so and i see that even now you know i'll share with you that my mom recently um was chrismated into the orthodox church so mm. she'll, she'll joke she says i'm 70 and i feel like in some ways i'm just starting with my spiritual oh, so wow that's something that um whether or not I'm really doing a good job of owning it, that's something I would like to own in my own life because I think that's a lot more honest mm. that all of us are. Um, and, and it's not that she's just starting and that she's been asleep. No, she's been fervently pursuing God for years. Mm. years. 
and and she's still making this new fresh beginning just because she's in a new place in her life and she's she's learned even more um mm. And, and for her, you know, the things that she's learning, you know, through this this kind of new church setting is is gelling with where she is in her and her self discovery and her faith discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a, a big question, but I feel like I'm what I'm receiving. Um, and and then of course, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. But my my dad, I just wanted to add in there. He, you know, this Rudy, but um, he passed away in August, and he uh, was a lot more. Um, well, is <laughs> because mm. I think he's mm. in the of Jesus at this mm. very moment. Perhaps mm-hmm. that would be amazing. But uh, mm-hmm. um, he he is very much a um, I'm gonna cling fervently to what I know to be true. And it's not that he wasn't also a deep person, um, but in but I feel like the gift that he's given down is um, just that that passion for what I know to be true and nothing is going to shake that right mm. so so in a way i feel very blessed to have had both of those models um one is that i'm i am i'm fervently passionate about you know these handful of things that are the core of my faith and that that might be it but that is that is strong and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the model of, of my mom of being willing to be vulnerable enough and honest with herself and with God to to be willing to change and grow and to to look. So in terms of what mm. I'm handing my kids, oh my gosh, Rudy. <laughs> oh, I think all of us, I don't know if you're um maybe the moms who are listening feel the same way. Maybe you and Brooke feel the same way. I'm constantly wondering what I'm handing down to my kids. <laughs> constantly <laughs> what pieces of this are you gonna get that are good or that are bad? Um, yeah, yeah. You already is that um, my older because my older kids have questions, and because mm. we have different versions of Christianity represented in my family, um, they'll have questions about those things. And so, I never, at the age of eleven or at the age of nine, talked through some of these bigger questions. You know, like why do the Catholics believe in purgatory, and you know mm. what's happening to Grandpa right now after he's passed. Like I never had wow. these bigger questions exactly. My hope and my prayer is that, you know, we are in, um, a, I feel the world now is incredibly different than when I was a child. Um, I have a missionary friend who says that America especially is a dangerous country to live in as a Christian because it's just so easy um, to just be and to, to kind of be distracted and to get that input from TV or from social media or whatever. We, we can just be lulled to sleep so easily. Um, and so knowing that that's the world that my kids are growing up in and who knows what it's going to be like 30 years from now when mm-hmm. they're adults, um, I'm, I'm praying that these conversations we're having now um, will be a blessing to them as they move forward in the world so that when they're adults and, and they realize that things aren't always black and white, but sometimes there's a, a veil of mystery and a certain amount of gray that they won't be shocked by that and their faith won't be rocked by that. Mm. Um, but instead they will, they'll have a firm foundation of God as that larger than all of these things being right? mm. God um, who's bigger. Um, now this is difficult because I still, we still go to church. <laughs> I still think going to church is very important. Um, so all those nuts and bolts, you know, I, I feel like I'm just praying on a day-to-day basis that, um, that, that God would lead us in our daily walk because it's easy to talk about the mystery of a really big God 
but how do you actually walk that out every day? What kinds of prayers do you say at home? What kind of church do you go to? These are still very real decisions to make mm-hmm. as a parent. And honestly, those are things that we're still we're still trying to figure out. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for sharing about your the lineage passing down. Because it it to me, the picture I had was as you look backwards behind you to your parents and, and their faith and bit, what's been handed to you, then you, you're you kind of the conduit. You're in the in-between. And, and I know how much you love your family and, and how close you are to them. And and really, um, not just it's not just um, like an affection, though that's true, but there, there's a lot of respect as well. Um, and and so I, in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, that you're the in-between generation for your kids to your grant to their grandparents. Yeah. Uh, you've done a good job over the years of, of getting them to the grandparents to see them and be around them, um, which <laughs> blew my mind when we first started experiencing that with you, where we were living in Illinois and you would drive up to Michigan uh, from Texas. And I remember thinking, what in the world? Like, who is this This, You know, you're, I don't know. I was always just scared for you as kind of almost like a dad-like guy. I was like, what the ah. don't do that. But you did it and you would do it all the time and you were, you were good at it. So I don't know. I just think that, of you being. that time the car broke down in West Texas on the way back from Mexico. Did you? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So there's that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, let's, let's kind of go to the day-to-day, and maybe you kind of answered this in some ways there, um, so you're thinking through what you're, what you're giving to your kids. But what, what gets you up in the morning? Like, what, what, do you, what are you excited about? Yeah, so um, I think being someone with I, – I feel like I always have a lot – that I'm thinking about. So I feel like sometimes I don't even know how to answer that question. Like, what does what does get me up in um, right now? Uh, I can just answer for this season. Um, I'm excited about uh, being in a place of self-discovery a little bit. I kind of mentioned at the beginning um, that that idea of fake authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I'm excited. So, so I get up in the morning for all the things, right? Cause I'm a mom and that's what we do. So really I get up in the morning cause my kids go to school and I have to get them ready for school <laughs> and I'm yes. going to pray with them before they go to school. So I'm trying to not be a total, like, you know, yelling hot mess, try to impart the love of God a little bit. Um, so, you know, we'll do our, our prayer in the morning. Uh, and then, you know, what else am I doing in my day? Well, I've got, you know, these goals that I have for work and I've got these people that I, that I'm wanting to help. And those are things that are really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, but I think what I've realized is that I always have been somebody, I was always an A student in school, and I've always been somebody who subconsciously has been trying to earn the grade. And so mm. ever, since, ever since dad passed, it, there's kind of been this sense of, hey, wait a second, what is life all about anyway? You know, I think mm. when, you lose a, when you lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. So I'm still doing those things, and I'm still excited about those things, but there's kind of this quiet underlying thing in, in this season of life where Um, You know, I'm excited to um, be plugged into, you know, daily prayer more. I I love a couple of prayer books that are just refreshing to me. So plugged into that more regularly and and reading, you know, I this is silly, but everybody's been in love with the Enneagram and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm always slow to jump on um, that. (laughs) 
So the fact that everyone loved it, I was like, ah, yeah, I'm not yeah. for that. But just, uh, you know, somebody mentioned it as a way to, to know yourself better so that you can more fully align with Christ as mm. who you really are. And, and so, you know, I'm reading a book about that. Um, what book is that? Uh, the road back to you. Yeah, yeah, Ian, Ian Crack. Yeah. Um, and then what's what's your number? Are you what what are you? I have no idea. I'm only halfway oh. through, and I okay. can't pick one yet. I read. Okay. The, I I see myself in several things. Yeah. I think I've yeah. Got Nathan Pegg, but I won't tell you what I think his is. Wait, <laughs> wait. Say it again. You... I said I think I've got Nathan Pegg, but I won't oh. tell you. Oh. Oh, you won't tell me. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to have another <laughs> podcast to talk yeah. talk about the Enneagram. So. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that was a messy answer, but I think I've realized I'm, I'm 36, I'm almost 37 and I'm just at a point where, you know, um, I'm, I'm recognizing patterns in my life that, uh, you know, um, if I'm, if I'm constantly doing things to earn the grade, to get the A, to win the approval of whoever it is that I think I'm trying to please, um, in a way that's one step removed from what I think maybe God really has for me um, because I don't think he created me to get the grade. And so, so I think that's um, that kind of self-discovery is what I'm, what I'm trying to lean into. And honestly, it's hard because I have all the things. Um, mm. It's a lot easier to just go through the, the to-do list because if I complete the to-do list at the end of the day, then I feel worthy. And mm. that's, that's an easier way to feel worthy than, mm. than to dig deep and say, wait a second, none of this has anything to do with my worth. Who am I really? And uh, before God, you know, those are deeper questions, but I'm yeah. to not ignore those anymore and slow down a little bit, have fewer things on the to-do list. A mom, a, a mom of five that's involved in business and dreaming of writing <laughs> that's not usually the, the you know the the intersection of rest that's usually like you know that's a little more hectic than rest usually so i i applaud you for aiming for a yeah. little slowing down i think that's really difficult to do for well, most of us the irony is that the slowing down doesn't feel restful it feels really hard when you're trying to dissect your inner self right? so what you're saying here is this podcast is going to put you into a <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. All right. So this, and I know you already said you'll answer questions, but I, 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 I would, yeah, I've just been, you've been on my heart with your dad. And so, so my, my, I guess my question is, um, uh, I mean, what are, are you in mourning right now? Is there an element? Do you, do you sense that? Is there grief? And there is grief, yeah. but at yeah. what level are you feeling that right now? You lost your dad in August? Yes. Shoot, I don't remember the exact date. That probably says something about my Enneagram number, doesn't it? <laughs> Early <laughs> August, August 7th or 8th or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, it was, just, first of all, I just said to say a little something about that, because I think maybe we don't talk often enough about being with people who are dying, and it's something that we all have to do get to do really. Um, so I was mm. really thankful to be able to be there with him. And um, the, the, my mom was reading several books that kind of had a similar flavor. And that's the idea. Uh, one of them actually is called Midwife for Souls, if anyone. Oh, wow. um, it's really this beautiful concept that um, similar to being with somebody 
who's birthing a baby, which was a very helpful metaphor for me because I've birthed five of them. So I know just what that process is like. Mm-hmm. Um, similar mm-hmm. to that, how, how helpful those midwives are um, to help kind of, you know, this birthing process and moving forward into this next stage of life. Um, the people who are there with somebody who's really dying, who's in their last, you know, days or moments of life, um, they, they're not just there and they're not just there for comfort, but in a way they can be life to that person and kind of be the support and the midwife for their soul as they're passing, um, Mm -hmm. into the next life with God. And so Mm -hmm. that was a really helpful perspective for me because of course I didn't want my dad to die, Mm -hmm. but knowing that he would have to, and knowing that, um, he was ready in the sense that his faith was, you know, secure, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, we just, mom and I just owned and, and my brothers and sister, um, just owned this concept of let's, let's help him then through this process. And, and in a way that took away some of the sting, um, because it wasn't just about losing, losing dad, but it was more about participating in, um, the redemption of death that Christ brings. Right. So I'm going to participate with you in the fact that you're dying and I'm going to help you through this dying process. And I want you to be comfortable and I want you to feel loved and I want you to know that I'm here, but it's not just because it's so sad that you're dying. It's because Mm -hmm. you're doing this really hard thing that I'm going to have to do one day too, but we know that it ends in the blessing of being in God's presence. Um, Mm. that was, that was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so one of the most helpful things in terms of grieving or mourning that um, that one of my friends said to me, a friend of mine who's experienced a lot of loss, she just said, you know, you can't tell a person how to grieve. Mm-hmm. And that seems like such a simple statement, but it, what it really did was it, it gave me permission to feel and to be, to have it be whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people are different in, in their experience, but for me, um, I, I would be mostly fine and even upbeat and maybe even happy. Um, And, and then something, you know, and then I would just be knocked to the, to the ground. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll tell you, I've, there's, there's no, there's a different kind of all out wailing when you lose somebody that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I'm, you know, to have reached my, my age. And this is the first really inner circle death that I've experienced. Um, so, you know, other people have experienced this much younger in their lives, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, it, it's, it's, um, it was really good for me to just let it be what it was. And sometimes that was ugly crying in my car, like with mm-hmm. wailing mm-hmm. and sometimes, um, sometimes it was feeling okay about mm-hmm. it. And so, um, what I noticed is that for me, time kind of slowed down and priorities were not priorities anymore. Like nothing mattered. Mm. And I, wondered, I wondered if it, I'm, I'm pretty upbeat and I'm pretty extroverted. So I was like, is this the Katie version of depression? Nothing matters. I don't care. I don't, you know, I had committed to do something for the PTA and I, of course I did it because I committed, but I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. this isn't important to me. Things on my to-do list, you know, I just dropped everything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it really, it felt like time had slowed down. Um, and, you know, I think for me, uh, a blessing that I, I, is that I just kept remembering, you know, you can't, grief is this funny thing. It's a very natural, visceral thing. And I think you, my friend is right, that you can't tell a person what that's going to look like for them. And mm-hmm. so the very best thing to do for me was just to let it be what it was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do still have moments. I feel like I'm, 
I feel more like myself now more often. Mm. Um, I don't feel like I need life to stop anymore, but it was several months where I was really feeling like, you know, life, life just needs to be on hold for right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, um, you know, I've lost both my parents and uh, dad, dad, it's going on 11 years and mom, um, more like five, but I, um, I, I tell people for me, um, it was, you know, obviously different relationships with each parent, but, and, and my dad and my relationship was really different than my mom and my relationship, but, but with, with mom, it was interesting. And I don't know if you, if you can relate to this or not, um, but the the profound feeling that I had felt for the first time in my life was the loss of unconditional love. And, and, and I don't feel like I'd lost that with my dad. It didn't feel that way. Looking back 10 to 11 years, there is an element of that, uh, that I think was embodied more in mom. Um, but, but now that I'm kind of removed some from it, I can kind of say, Oh no, dad, had a portion of that but but yeah. because i still had my mom there was there was enough left yeah. that it, it felt perfectly sufficient yeah. you know yeah. and so i don't want to put that on you but i just want to let you know that i i think that's something i have felt in losing my parents uh yeah. now you've you've lost one but i know your dad was a significant voice and person in your life and yeah. so um, you know, my mom and I are very similar, and I would say she's the more palsy relationship in my world. You know, she's um, not not to say that we're closer because comparison is silly, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I mean, we're she's maybe the more bosom buddy of my parents. Mm-hmm. Right? We would be really real and open with each other, and um, so yeah, I, I really hear what you're saying, and I think um, honestly, I uh, I had a, I threw a little hissy fit to God when in June when uh, when Dad was. Um, was starting to fail I was kind of like like a, a little t- temper tantrum almost like I don't want I didn't sign up for this I mm-hmm. can take my childhood back I don't want to have parents who die mm-hmm. dad dad failing and it was getting to the end we knew that it was probably you know gonna happen um and that points to you know mom's not gonna live forever either so uh, so yeah it's uh I think um I think these are, this is kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about, about what a blessing it's been to let, be honest with myself, like not always try to be strong or have the right answers, but be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't feel ready for this. I feel like a child still. I don't feel ready to lose my parents. Um, that was much more effective in uh, feeling God's love and feeling the healing um, mm-hmm. through all of this than, than just trying to, you know, say the right answers or be strong or whatever that. Mm-hmm. I hugged my dad's gravestone um, when I went. The only time I've gone to the to the cemetery, and uh, and, and I remember sitting there thinking, I, I don't. This is not me. Yeah. I, I'm not a headstone grabber holder, you know. But but there is just a, a strong desire to feel him again. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. the most ironic thing in one sense because the the granite doesn't give you anything except cold yeah. and hard, and it's actually yeah. pretty annoying, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I have just I mean, that mem- memory has not left me of, yeah. of being there for those hours with dads. 
grave because he's not there. Um, you know, it was just, yeah, it was really hard. I appreciate you talking about your dad. I, sure. Your family, uh, me, actually, your family means a lot to me, too. And one of the regrets of life that I have, and this is going to sound maybe dumb to you, but is not going to your wedding. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was a time yeah, in life. What was that? I said, yeah, what was that about? Well, I know. It's funny because it's one of those times in life where we, you know, just the money and time and life convergence just didn't allow for it. But I, I truly regret it because I, because I've loved your family from a distance mostly for a long time. And, and I knew it was going to be fun. Y'all are just such amazing people. Um, so it's one of those things. There's not a lot of them in my life, thankfully, but that's one of them. I don't think I've ever told you that. So anyhow, yeah. Um, yeah. Any anything you want else you want to say about that or going through that process? And we want to. I want to link the books that you've been listing. We'll we'll put them in the show yeah. notes. So. Um. So this certainly applies, uh, or or it was a big theme, um, but I think it applies to the rest of life as well. Um. Uh. The, there's a Greek word called philotimo, which just means um, kind of intentionally melting with gratitude um, mm. all things. So, so when the Bible says to be thankful in all things, that's not like a thanks. It's like I am melting before you in gratitude um, on mm-hmm. purpose. You know, in the midst of all the circumstances, uh, it's it's. I think it's just for me. It just feels like an intense separating myself from my circumstances and, you know, reconnecting with, um, with the truth that God is so much bigger and, and has it all, you know, all of his hands. Um, mm. so anyway, gra- gra- the, the whole gratitude thing was a gift, um, uh, for both my mom and I, I keep mentioning my mom and I, cause she and I were the ones who were with him in the last week, uh, in the hospital, but, um, just choosing on purpose to look for those things to be great. For. Um, there were so many things I wish I would have written them down, but just little little details and little um, little circumstances where we were like, wow, God, that didn't have to go that way. Um, for example, my mom has some significant hearing uh, mm-hmm. issues, and it's it's really um, it's uh, tinnitus or tinnitus. It's a uh, sharp ringing in the ears that really almost feels like pain at this point. It's it's um, mm-hmm. and it makes stressful situations like a thousand times more stressful, right? Because she's got this thing going on in her head all the time. So uh, just the fact that we were away from their hometown, we were like an hour and a half away. There's this hospital. Um, my mom is 70. So the idea of driving from the hospital to the hotel, even if I'm the one who's driving, it's just this added layer of stress. And mm-hmm. throughout the day, we're at the hospital. There's no place to go. So um, so the, the hospitality, they have a hospitality house there at, on site at the hospital, um, that's very difficult to get into. It's almost always booked. Well, they had a room open up for us on like the second day, and mm. we were able to stay there. Um, and that itself was such a gift to my mom because that meant that at any moment she could go down and rest for an hour in complete quiet in this hospital. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just one of what I feel like were probably fifty things that we just kept noticing. Um, and when I say when I say you know be melting in gratitude or be looking for gratitude. Uh, I don't think it's the same thing as trying to like sugarcoat or find the silver mm-hmm. lining, um, mm-hmm. but being in a hard place, um, just it, it just made us feel so at peace to see how many ways God was working things through. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just believe 
believe that it carried him right up until his moment of, of death too. There were mm-hmm. just all details and I, it, mm-hmm. it helped me to, to picture that not only has he been carrying us in all these ways, but now he's carrying eternity. Um, oh, well. Gosh, you know, I, it, it, that makes me think of my, my life really. And, and, um, and, and, uh, how like, we, we know these things to be true, but I, I think we're, we're constantly bombarded with, with, uh, a false reality, meaning, um, what, what I'm speaking about is, is the, the tangible wealth of life or whatever, like the things of life. And those are helpful, you know, the houses we have and the cars we drive and those types of things. But, but, but real life is lived out of the heart and those relationships and people and the things of God that really matter. And yeah. those go really deep and really uh, are foundational. And I think about my, my life. Um, I wrote to somebody yesterday in text, we were kind of chatting back and forth and we were talking about these um, uh, sin, being angry but not sinning, and that 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 fine line. It seems like at times when when circumstances cause you towards anger, but there's a line you could cross as a Christian that goes, "Now you're sinning," and and um, and I don't know how to define that, but I I kind of tend to know it when it happens in my own life. And, and I was thinking, and I, and I just wrote out of the blue, and it, it felt like gratefulness that just kind of washed over me, and I wrote the words, the Lord has indeed been good to me all of my days. And they just, they type back, amen. Well, if you look at my life, I had a dad in a wheelchair almost my entire life. We lived in 900 square feet. We had, like, constantly multiple families living with us. Like, it was a wreck of a life from the outside. Yeah. But when I look over those years, I go, golly, the Lord has just been good. Has everything been good? No, <laughs> like yeah. not in its present form. But when you put, dig deep, gosh, I had parents that loved me and we had everything we needed. We were always taken care of, you know, and just all those types of things. Yeah. Anyhow, you just got me thinking on my yeah. life and thinking, man, yeah, God is God has been good. And that is not sugarcoating. I don't wish yeah. a sick dad on anyone. but. Yeah. But it was a good life. Well, and this even for me is a very practical thing because I can get very um, just fed up. I mean, how many times am I going to wash the dishes? You know, how many times? (laughs) And I do not love routine. That's not my jam. And I sometimes I'm always looking for the deeper meaning, right? I I think I mentioned that before. So I'm like, oh, this is so meaningless. Like, we're just managing all our stuff. What are we even doing? And Maybe that's a little bit of tug of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I got to ask God about that. Are we miserable? Mm-hmm. What else is there? But but I think in some ways, it's just me being discontent with the blessings that I have to manage, right? Mm-hmm. I have amazing blessings, these children and these dishes and all the stuff. And so now it's managing those blessings. So mm-hmm. um, it's amazing. Um, I think I mentioned to you before the just um, trying to learn to guard my input and to guard my thoughts more. So mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing how I can run on autopilot in this kind of negative thought pattern about whatever the dishes or my to-do list or the things that I haven't done, start feeling like a failure, mm-hmm. um, all of these negative things. And if, if I can just recognize that I'm doing that, Hey Katie, you're spiraling again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, but then, but I can't stop it unless I replace it with something. And the thing that, that I replace it with is gratitude, you know, um, just looking around and God, thank you so much for 
you know, this house. We visited people in Mexico who a whole entire families were living in these teeny little, um, you know, the size of a, a small bedroom, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for the amazing blessing of what we have now. What we have, those of you who are listening, we have a 1,400 square foot, three two ranch. <laughs> with seven people and by american standards people think that we're crazy that we live here uh, but that's a, that's a, that's a, a gratitude choice that i mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. we have everything that we make uh, that we need and i'm i'm so thankful and i'm thankful for these dishes and i'm thankful that these dishes are only going to take me 10 minutes i mean calm mm-hmm. down you don't have to freak out you have a dishwasher <laughs> like praise god for this dishwasher <laughs> right and so i probably sound like crazy person because sometimes I actually say these things to myself out loud Mm. Um, it really is it really is helpful to kind of recognize I think sometimes we walk around thinking um thinking negative things and we don't even realize it because it's subconscious it's on autopilot so taking Mm. the time to stop and recognize and replace those things with how how thankful we are um Oh, oh, I wanted to read you something that ties into this. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is from The Meaning of Life from Father Thomas Hopko. Uh, mm-hmm. Here. We are here for communion with God who is love, the one in whose image and likeness each one of us is made. We find this communion by loving God as God, sorry, by loving as God loves us. Love mm-hmm. is radical self-giving for the good of another, the denial of self, by which our true selves are born. It is the Mm. emptying by which we are filled, the foolishness by which we become wise, the weakness by which we become strong. It is the dying through which we come alive for unending life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Here, wait, I'm going to skip ahead. Here's the part I really wanted to share. Uh, My spiritual father often said that the miracle of all miracles is the ability to transform through love the smallest seemingly insignificant detail of the routine drudgery of everyday existence into God's paradise. Mm. So sometimes I framed it. I framed it. See, uh, you're, you're, you're oh, wow. His dad in his last week of life. Um, and so sometimes I go to my closet where I keep a few, you know, prayer books and other things. And mm-hmm. I read that again. Mm. Because if I'm willing to open myself to be a channel of God's love, if I'm willing to be thankful for the things that he's given me, um, I actually get to choose if this is routine drudgery, that means absolutely nothing, angry about it, mm-hmm. or if I'm going to give that give that to God. Um, mm. Thankful, and, you know, that's it. It's It sounds really big, but it's really so small that I often skip it. It's, yeah. it's so small and so simple to say thank you thank you for these dishes and thank you for this food. I mean, that sounds so silly and childish that I just skip right past it because I'm more sophisticated than that. Right. But mm. I'm not, I mm. need to remind myself to be thankful for these dishes and, mm-hmm. and the laundry. I need to remind myself of that. And so mm. that, that makes a big difference to me, practically speaking as a mom. Yeah. No, oh, that's great. Golly, that's golden. You know, just if we can live that way, right. That's, it changes everything. Yeah, I think it sounds like that's one of the habits you have. Like you talked about prayer books, yeah. you talked about praying with your kids in the morning. You've talked about replacing lies with truth. Yeah. Are there other? <laughs> what other things are you doing? <laughs> so first help I help tell us you, walk with Jesus. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
So the reason when you asked me to be on this podcast and I read through those things, the reason I was like, no, not me. I'm the wrong person for this is because even though I, I have done these things and I recognize the value of these things and they are very helpful and meaningful to me, I want you to know that I go whole seasons just burying my head in the sand, right? <laughs> Doing the minimum. And so I don't want this to be any sort of like self-aggrandizement, like, Katie's got all the routines. I don't, <laughs> but I've stumbled on some things. And when I do use them, I notice it in an incredible change, um, mm. you know, in my life when I, when I try to remember to not have, have it be a me. Um, I, there's this, I, a story that might, might help, um, I don't know, drive it home. So my nine-year-old, she, she does this thing where she'll get in trouble. So my seven-year-old will get in trouble and you'll say, you know, Lydia, this is what you did. You shouldn't have done that. And she'll say, I know, I'm sorry. And she'll apologize to the person that she's wronged and she'll skip off to play. My nine-year-old, you say, you know, Ellie, this is what you've done. You've hurt your sister. You've wronged this person. In order to avoid any sort of sense that she has done anything wrong whatsoever, she will turn it into this other giant kicking, screaming, awful mess of a thing where all these other things are wrong. There's all these other problems. And, you know, I, I need my own room and something bad happened at school today, which maybe it did happen at school today. But what I, what I found myself saying to her was, Ellie, I really want you to see that we're, it's okay to be, it's okay to, to be, you know, wrong or to be broken or to have this, this thing that's not perfect. I feel like you are creating a bigger problem to try to escape from that mm. thing. And in actuality, if you would just, if you would just listen to me, like I'm here trying to help you, if you would just listen to me and know that I can guide you to mm. the solution, this would be over so quickly. And she walked off after this last conversation and I realized, oh my goodness, that is exactly what I do with God. Mm. I throw a fit about how I have too many things to do or, uh, you know, mm. my life is too this or too that, or I, I mean, I think the most deceiving one is. Um, to turn it in on myself. Like I screwed this up. I should have already accomplished X and Y and Z. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a mom with five kids and yet I don't have a handle on, um, you know, how am I shepherding them in their spiritual walk every single day? I failed mm -hmm. in that area, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I make it into all of this stuff when in actuality, um, I think that's just me escaping from the very most basic solution, which is go to the heavenly father you know i'm like ellie just come to mom and i will help you and god is like katie stop it with all mm, of this just mm -hmm. come to me and i will help you so um mm. so that's i i just want to put that out there that i i struggle i think just as much and maybe more than the average person but things that have helped me actually go to god because i think it's easier easier said than done mm -hmm. um, is to try to have a routine of prayer. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the book Praying with the Church. Um, mm. I, forget the, I forget the author. Um, it's written by a Protestant, I think kind of evangelical, non-denominational guy who kind of rediscovered the value of reading through a prayer book. You know, like, mm. I mean, yes, I wanna, I wanna pray from my own heart to God, absolutely. But there's something valuable about falling in line with a rhythm of kind of these pre-prescribed prayers that mm -hmm. sometimes speak to us in ways that we wouldn't even know how to articulate, right? Right, so, right. Um, so for anyone who is new to any sort of this whole idea of a prayer book, like what are you even talking about? I would recommend that as a place to start um, because it was really accessible. I think I read that maybe 10 years ago when I was first mm -hmm. looking into all this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then I, there's, there's different ones. There's whatever flavor of, you know, Christian church you're into, you can find a prayer book that matches it lately mm-hmm. into this little blue Orthodox prayer book. Um, it's got morning prayers and evening prayers. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm terrible at routine, terrible, terrible. But I, I find that if I will submit myself to the routine of at least doing the morning prayers in the very beginning, uh, mm-hmm. of the day. And then if I'll remind myself to come back to them when I feel frazzled, because that's the thing is half the time I'm feeling frazzled and spiraling out of control internally, and I don't know how to get a grip. So there's nothing that I'm going to do. So if Mm -hmm. I come and submit myself to reading the Bible, reading the Psalms, or reading through some of these prayers where I'm actually able to put on these words of prayer, and and I I wouldn't even know how to come up with them, but I'm going to choose the words of prayer out of this book and give them to God, then that's something that can center me. Um, mm, mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so that's good. Really, that's really good for me. Yeah, that's so good because um, I think as you're talking, I'm just I'm just hearing the thought of like, you know, you're not gonna always be consistent, but if you can remind yourself of who God is and that yeah. He's your heavenly Father, and you can run to Him and those. Even those gifts yeah. as a parent that we see in our kids and we're like, why don't you? And then we're like, ooh, that's me with yeah. you, Lord. That's such a good gift for parents, I think. I, and, yeah. But, you know, it's so so revealing of our own deficiencies and our own struggles. But uh, something that uh, that I've done kind of to tag on to what you're saying is I've, yeah. I've, I'm tied to my phone. The technology's real. But um, but I just try to use it. So I just put reminders in my phone. At 1 o'clock today, I'll get another reminder that says pray, and it'll give me the detail of what I'm praying for that day. And it takes a little bit of setting up. It's, you know, but, you know, for me, I'm not a routine person either. So I, I need to rely on some routine to get me to the routine, even if it means the routine is the phone tells me get to the book, you know. Um, anyhow, that's been fairly helpful for me recently. Uh, yeah, I should do that. The, the trick is I'm so bad at routines that I ignore my reminders in the moment. If my phone goes off with a reminder, I'm like, I'm sure it's not important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm similar. Um, but even having that reminder is, it's just a little ping for me yes. that goes, okay, you're even yes. choosing to ignore the reminder to do what I know is right. Yes. So it's a conviction of sorts, but um, we're going to close up here because um, you know, we've, we've uh, had a good talk so far, but any, any kind of parting words, you said some great things. There's, I know, I know there's things that have been on your heart uh, the last week or so, as we've talked about doing this podcast. So um, are there things you'd like to share that we haven't covered and, and then, and, uh, or, as we kind of help people go forward in the name of Jesus, are there any kind of parting words? And, and, you know, the reality is we'll have to have you on again. So that's, that's what <laughs> will be clear for everyone listening. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know about parting words. Um, something that, that maybe has been foundational for me is recognizing that fear and self-doubt and um, kind of judging myself, why aren't you better at this? Why didn't you do this better? You know, look at you, you're always failing. All of that is a complete illusion and a trap 
to keep me from recognizing the reality. And the reality is that everything is happening in God's perfect timing. Everything. Um, and so, you know, whether it's, oh my gosh, I feel so disillusioned with church that I don't even want to go anymore. Mm. Praise God for that honesty in that moment. Mm-hmm. Now what's next? Like you, you can't, you can't escape. Uh, uh, sometimes I think we give ourselves too much power in our heads. I do. I give myself. Too uh, much. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna recognize that. Um, yeah, that. There's exactly enough time in the day. <laughs> this is exactly the right time for the things happening today. You know, God, God has it covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I don't know, but for me, I think I wouldn't even get started in a lot of this stuff if I didn't, if I didn't kind of take a breath and recognize God's sovereignty. So, um, so maybe that's, that would be my parting word is, um, you know, it's, it's okay. And in fact, it's by design that we are so weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, I think recognizing that it's kind of like, okay, now we've recognized that now we can begin, you know, mm-hmm. Stop too strong, but make, mm-hmm. make a good beginning in the Lord by, um, by recognizing that, that it's on him, you know, it's not on us. So mm-hmm. I think that would, that would be it uh, yeah. to, to, to be honest with yourself and with the Lord, um, and make that good beginning. Gosh, thank you for that. I, um, it, it's interesting. We haven't talked a lot recently. Um, and I don't, I don't think I've, I don't think I knew what you're, some of the things you're talking about regarding your life, you know, those, those lies that you hear a lot, we all hear them. So in one sense, that's easy to kind of believe and understand, but in another sense, um, I, it's hard for me to believe, um, that of you because, you are actually quite that amazing. And, and, and really, as long as I've known you, I, I just think like, golly, like you, I, yeah, I mean, I know I've talked about your folks a lot, but I, there's something that's been given to you and it's from the Lord through these people or these circumstances. And that, um, that the, the thought that you would, you like would struggle with that, which is really actually kind of encouraging because we all struggle with that. If you can struggle with that, then we all are struggling. But it's hard for me to imagine sometimes that Katie Robinson struggling with those thoughts. I mean, that's oh, yeah, What's that? I said, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, um, and, yeah. yeah. But but because yeah. I I because I think there's just so yeah. I mean, I just feel like you're you're just your life is to be admired. And, and, and I know you, I feel like I know you, even though we haven't talked a lot recently, I feel like I know you and, and I know you enough to just go, gosh, whoever, I hope people listen to this to hear you talk. And I hope people will follow your blog that you'll write someday and get down to Austin, Texas and play in your crazy cool playscape and stay in your, is it an Airbnb? Can we get it on Airbnb? Oh no. Well, we, so maybe forthcoming. Never mind. I'll just come. I'll come and stay on my own. Yeah, I don't need to rent it. There you go. There you go. I, I just think, yeah, the Lord's ordained these times and these days for you, like you were saying, and whatever you're putting your hand to, it's a blessing. All right, we're going to end right there. Thanks, Katie, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Rudy. 
Thanks, Katie, for that interview and uh, taking time to talk with me today. I, wow, I really appreciate your honesty, your um, your insight um, and insights to life and the Lord. Um, I really just appreciate your friendship. So thank you for sharing your heart with us. Um, we'll just, I'll link the, the books to the show notes so people can, can get a hold of those resources. And I look forward to doing this again. I, I'm going to have to see if I can get you back on the podcast and um, so you can give us all an update on, on uh, where your journey has taken you, more specifically, I guess, the Lord has taken you. So um, yeah, but thanks for, for being on this podcast and just for encouraging me um, over all of these years. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe uh, wherever you're listening. That'll help me know that people are enjoying this and um, and leave a comment even and let me know or get in touch with me and let me know if, if these um, interviews are, are blessing you. Um, as always, I'm just trying to help us all be encouraged and to go forward in the name of Jesus. So thanks for catching up with me today.